Okay, we're starting Maseches Demai, Numa Sechta, and a quick introduction. So Demai is a rabbinic decree that requires, in the time of the Mishnah, when one purchases produce from someone who hasn't formally accepted upon himself um, to do the proper tithes that the various agricultural products require, that one must do a partial tithing out of doubt. Um, more details of that in a moment. I'll explain it now. Um, the backstory is the Gemara in Sota Memches Amaralef 48a talks about how at the beginning of the Bias Sheni period, Second Temple period, uh, there was Yochanan Kohen Gadol, uh, not to be confused with the Yochanan Kohen Gadol who after 80 years became a heretic at the end of the Hasmonean period. Rather, this is Yochanan Kohen Gadol who was the father of Matsyahu, the original patriarch of the Hasmonean dynasty. So he lived shortly after Shimon HaTzadik. In any case, Yochran Gadol commissioned what we might call a sociological study to determine uh, just how well the populace, the general populace, tithes their food before selling it to the general you know, food supply. So what he discovered was that while most of the people, we'll call them Am Haaretz or Am Haaretz, uh, the regular people of the earth, um, salt of the earth, they most of them did tithe things properly. However, a significant minority of the people didn't do all the tithes as they should. And because of that, uh, ultimately the rabbinic requirement to treat produce purchased from someone who isn't certainly um, committed to tithing properly um, was instituted so that all food would be tithed before it was consumed. Now, the first tithe that goes up, there are actually a total of, of five different potential tithes that come out of the food um, that's produced, produced in Eretz Yisrael. Um, the first of those is called Truma Gadola, the large Truma, the major Truma, the primary Truma, and that's a gift given to the Kohanim. Technically, from the Torah, even one grain from an entire harvest could uh, fulfill the requirements. Um, however, rabbinically, you're supposed to give um, one-sixtieth of your crop, your harvest, to the Kohanim as, as Truma, Truma Gadola. So, to eat Truma Gadola is a crime on two levels. First, it's a Isra crime, it's a, it's a, it's like not kosher, the food, so to speak, and eating Truma actually, beside being not kosher, if you will, carries a very severe penalty of Misa Bide Shemaim, literally death at the hands of heaven, which um, is premature death, and that of course is bad news, and since the Amiha Aretz knew this was the case. They certainly didn't want to kill their fellow Jews and poison them. And therefore, they were reliable to take Truma Gadola. So Demai never is afraid that there's Truma Gadola in the food that's being sold by a, by a Amiha Aretz. However, um, the next tithe is Miser. And that's 10% of what remains. That is to say, if a person had 100 gallons of wine from his crop, and he's now going to give the various tithes. So... First, he would take 2% off and give that to the Kohen, his Truma Gadola. He's left with 98 gallons, and uh, he'll give 10% of that, meaning 9.8 gallons of what remains, to the Levium as Miser Rishon. Now, if he fails to do that, and an unsuspecting person purchases untithed food and consumes Miser Rishon, or just he consumes Miser Rishon that have been separated, so um, it's certainly a... a uh, also, a uh, crime of 
a crime. However, it may be different than the crime of Truma. See, as I said before, Truma has two components. There's the Isavar Heter component. It's forbidden to consume it because um, it's not kosher, so to speak, and carries that penalty of death to the hands of heaven. As far as Miser goes, the Miser Rishon, the gift to the Levi, so according to the Rambam, to eat that Miser carries with it um, the generic infraction of taking someone that doesn't belong to you. It's like stealing. And therefore, it's essentially stealing from the Levium and has to be um, paid back. You have to compensate Levium by returning the food that you ate of theirs. But the penalty for eating that Miser Rishon on purpose is, according to Rambam, just generic Malkus lashes. Um, not Misa B'day not death to the hands of heaven, so it's less severe. According to Rashi, it actually is also Misa B'day just as severe um, to eat the uh, to eat the Miser as it is to eat the Truma. In any case, from that Miser Rishon that the Levi receives, he must take out a, another portion, another tithe from the Levi, and give that to the Kohen. That Levi's tithe is called Trumas Miser, and it's a tenth of the tenth he received. So in our numbers before, if he received, the Levi received 9.8 gallons of wine, so then he would give a tenth of that, or 0.98 gallons of wine, back to the Kohen as Trumas Miser. Now the Trumas Miser carries all the same penalties as the Truma Gadola, that first tithe meaning Misa Shemaim, premature death, according to everybody. And Yochran Kohen Gadol's survey found out that while the Amehaarats are very careful to remove Truma Gadola before selling their produce, many did not take out the Miseri shown, and therefore left in as well the Trumas Miser, thinking that the Trumas Miser isn't required to be taken, or isn't their problem to take it, until the Miseri shown is taken and given to Levi, and since they're not taking the Maeserishon, they assume that the Trumas Maeser is not a problem. However, it is a problem. And therefore, if a Amha'aretz took out the Truma Gadola, but not the Maeser, and therefore not the Trumas Maeser, that food, according to everybody, meaning according to both the Rambam and Rashi, uh, carries with it the penalty of Misa B'day Shemaim, and can't be eaten until it's tithed. And since a significant minority, not a majority, but a significant minority of the population didn't take out uh, they are Trumas Meiser before selling food on to the basic food supply. So then the rabbis felt that although Mido or Raisa, according to Torah law, it would be permissible to consume uh, produce purchased from an Amaharetz, because since the majority do tithe, you can rely on the majority. But since it's such a significant minority that didn't, the Bezin in the time of Yochanan and Kongadol felt that it was improper to eat that without at least getting out the Trumas Meiser. Now, we said there are two separate problems when eating Truma Gadola and Trumas Maisa, which is both the Isser Vahetzer problem, the fact that it's not kosher, so to speak, and carries with it that penalty of premature death, um, as well as the Mominus problem, the financial problem of taking something that doesn't belong to you, that belongs to the Kohanim. Um, when it comes to the Maiser Rishon, the issue is primarily taking from the Levium. But at least according to the Rambam, doesn't carry any other severe penalty of Misibadei Shemaim. And therefore, when the rabbis required Demai to be fixed up, their concern wasn't the consumption of the Maeserishon. They figured, listen, since the Maeserishon is probably not there, because most Amaratsman do tithe properly, and even if it is, 
all it is essentially the the real crime here because mutter eat so you don't go to isra heter problem it's mutter eat it's just that you're essentially stealing from the levium well if that's the case then the rule always is if you're talking about a financial dispute if you will so then the rule is always hamotzi mechavero lavaraya the one who's trying to exact the property from the one who currently possesses it he the person trying to exact the property uh, had the burden of proof and uh, and if he can prove it, then of course he can claim it. So the same would be here, that the purchaser of the demai would eat the Mycerician without a problem, and in the event that a levy could prove that the Mycerician hadn't been taken from it, then of course he would have to reimburse the levy by giving back his fair share. But the bigger problem is the Trumas Mycer embedded in the Mycerician. That isn't just an issue of Hamotza Mechavir Lavaraya, of taking something that doesn't belong, perhaps, um, to one, and in this case, that's be Truma, which belongs, Truma's mice, which belongs to the Kohanim. The problem would be the Misbidei Shemaim, and therefore, the rabbis required that when it comes to Demai, one must first, at least verbally, separate the Miser, and then, that's sufficient for declaring it Miser without physically taking it, and then physically take out 10% of that Miser and separate it as Truma's Miser and give that to the Kohanim. As far as now the other mice that remains behind, let's call it the 9%, it can be eaten with the other 90%, not a problem. Um, and of course, like I said, So the first thing that one has to fix up with demai is getting that trumas miser out. Now, there is a potential second problem, which is in certain years of the seven-year agricultural cycle, um, there's a second tithe called miser shani, and in certain years... The, there's an additional tithe called Meiser Ani. The way it works is that the seven-year agricultural cycle, the seventh year being Shemitah, um, has two mini three-year cycles. So there's a three-year cycle, then a three-year cycle, then a seventh year of Shemitah where there are no tithes taken. So in the first two years of each mini-cycle, meaning in years one and two, and years four and five, Meiser Shani is taken out after Meiser Rishon. The second tithe is taken out after the Mycerician, the first tithe that's supposed to go to the Levium. Um, and in years three and six, the third year of each of those two mini-cycles, it's Mycer Ani, it's food that's uh, separated to give to poor people, as we saw in the end of the previous Mesechte, Peah, the eighth parak there. That's Mycer Ani, a tithe for poor people. But the tithe for the poor people is similar to the tithe that goes to the Levium, meaning that it's it's a financial consideration primarily, and therefore... Um, until the anim can prove that this was not properly tithed and the Maeser Ani is still embedded there and one can eat it and even if the anim would prove it all that would have to happen is financial compensation but Maeser Shani which is supposed to be taken out in years 1, 2, and 4, and 5 if one purchases foodstuffs that potentially have Maeser Shani in them and they're demai, so a person must get the Maeser Shani out that's because Master Shani is forbidden to be eaten when one's tummy, and actually forbidden, more importantly, to be eaten outside of the walls of Jerusalem. Now, it's not that big a deal, because by all Master Shani, not just by Demai, but Master Shani in general, one can redeem the sanctity of the Master Shani onto coins, and then take those coins to Jerusalem, and then use those coins to purchase foodstuffs in Jerusalem. So one can do that here as well with the Demai. Um, he can set aside coins, and say that if there is any Meiser Shani in this produce, its sanctity should be uh, removed from the food and put on the coins, and then 
put those coins with one's other Meister Shani coins and take him to Jerusalem next time he goes, let's say, for a Lila Regal. So with that, we can sort of sum up. In total, we have five potential tithes that could come out of food. Number one, Truma Gadola, 2% that goes to the Kohen. Then, Meister Rishon, 10% that remains that goes to Levi. Then, Trumas Meister, the 10% of that 10%, in other words, what works out to 1%, which goes from the Levi's portion to the Kohen. And then, Meister Shani in years 1, 2, 4, and 5, and Meister Ani in years 3 and 6. For Demai, what we're concerned about is, number one, the Trumas Meiser, the tie that should come from the Meiser itself, because the Amaratsim weren't good about taking it out necessarily. Um, and number two, the Meiser Shani, which would have to go to Jerusalem and therefore could be redeemed on coins. We're not afraid of Truma Gadola, because they were good about taking that out. We're not afraid about Meiser Rishon, because Habotsim Machaver Olavaraya, the burden of proof is on the Levium to show that it has been taken and take their share from the Demai. And the same goes for Maeser Ani, Hamotzim Machaver, Lavaraya, until the Aniyam can prove it belongs to them, one may eat it. So there you have it. That is what Mesechah's Demai is dealing with. The uh, requirements rabbinically to take these tithes of the Trumas Maeser and the Maeser Shani out um, from suspicious produce, as well as what defines suspicious produce as well as um, the leniencies that apply, because since mid it's mutter, deed to mind, just rabbinically one can't. So in many instances, there will be leniencies regarding uh, the application of these halachas of this rabbinic requirement of demai. Finally, we wrap up. Uh, the word demai itself is uh, of unclear origin. The most well-known explanation is da mai, this, what is it, meaning what's its status, because it is of questionable status and therefore uncertain how it should be treated, treated when one purchases food from an Amaharat and is uncertain whether it's been tithed properly. There are other Pshatim as well. One that it's related to the word Dema, a mixture, that's with an ayin, a forbidden mixture of Truma and Chulin. Um, another Pshat is that it's like Echad Mimea, that's where it came from, because it's essentially one one hundredth that is taken out of the Demai produce and set aside for Truma's Meiser, and the rest is all consumed, so... Echad Mimea turns into Demai. Now, a last important point. The whole mitzvah derabbanan of Demai was instituted in the time of Bayashani when most Amahe Aretz um, did tithe properly and only a, a, a significant minority did not. And therefore, this is sort of, so to speak, better safe than sorry, if you will, uh, rabbinically enacted. But in a time and place where the sociological setup is different and people are more or less reliable, then different rules would apply. And certainly, Bizman Hazen, in this day and age, it's not the case that the majority of farmers in Israel, where these halachas apply, do tithe properly. And therefore, Demai has no basic uh, practical application today. Uh, other rules would apply when one purchases foodstuffs um, here in Israel. And with that, we finish our introduction and we begin the first Mishnah.